0: Welcome back to the program, I'm Rabina Ahmed Haq and this is On Point. Uh, The latest developments coming out of Russia, Canadians living in Russia who hold dual citizenship are being told to leave the nation while they're while they can, as President Vladimir Putin mobilizes troops for his war in Ukraine. Uh, this is, of course, causing a lot of chaos and uh, a lot of concern about why this is happening and why this push now to get Canadians out of the country who can leave. Uh, we wanted to break it down. We're going to bring in Andres Asland. He's an economist and author of Russia's Crony Capitalism, The Path from Market Economy to Kleptocracy. Uh, Andres, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Um, I wanted to start by asking you, what is the latest, uh, th- this, this, this referendum that happened in Ukraine? Uh, uh, the results uh, are being called a, a sham that show, you know, in some cases, 98 percent of of those who live there want to uh, want to separate. Can you tell us what the latest is on that and how that's led to now uh, Canadians being asked to leave uh, Russia as fast as they can?
1: Well, there are a lot of things that have happened in the, the last week, and I think that we should look at them all together. The referendums, which, as you say, were a complete sham, is a, one thing. Another that... Uh, Putin and others have uh, threatened uh, to nuke Ukraine and other uh, Western pla- places. A third, that they have blown up uh, uh, bombs in the Baltic Sea in order to uh, hurt uh, Nord Stream 1 and 2, the two gas pipelines, Russian gas pipelines. And this seems to have been done by Russians, and of course the big mobilization. And all of this has happened in the course of one week. So what would be the natural conclusion? That Putin realizes that he has uh, lost the war in Ukraine. He is now begging for um, a negotiation with the West, wanting the West uh, to tell the Ukrainians, you better stop uh, uh, fighting because otherwise I will be even uh, worse. And uh, it looks desperate. uh, Of course, the Ukrainians won't accept that. And Canada, I'm convinced, the US uh, and uh, the United Kingdom will not press uh, the Ukrainians who are now on the offensive uh, to stop fighting. So the short of it is Putin uh, uh, begs for negotiations so that he can keep some Ukrainian territories. And inside full Westerners say, no.
0: And, and, and Putin has now ordered, uh, the mobilization. Like you had mentioned, there are 300,000 soldiers, um, and set to formally annex as four occupied regions in Ukraine. How is that going to make things, uh, more dangerous for those individuals who remain in, uh, Ukraine a- and in Russia? Uh, what, what does that do for those, uh, citizens who are, are not involved with the, the war efforts, but, uh, just happen to still be in those regions?
1: Well, what Putin has done so far is that he has concentrated the the warfare among the Russians to uh, professional soldiers and uh, soldiers from uh, uh, less fortunate parts of Russia, uh, poor parts of Russia and uh, areas with ethnic uh, minorities. Through the mobilization, Putin brings uh, the war uh, mobilization to the big cities. To the wealthy to the well-educated and all of a sudden it upsets uh, the whole population
0: so this is making him look uh, quite desperate on the world stage is that fair to say and 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 does this make it, it uh, what does this tell us about where the war I- in ukraine is right now
1: yeah that's how i w- would like to read it putin looks desperate he wants to look strong And by doing all these things, he on the contrary looks weak. And the question is uh, how seriously the mobilization has destabilized Russia politically and economically uh, inside. And uh, I don't think that we should take his uh, threats seriously. Putin cannot benefit from using nukes. And I don't think that we should uh, consider him uh, uh, irrational but rather a person who realizes that, that that he has lost and he tries to find a way out. So the best we can do is to support uh, the Ukraine, as Canada has done wonderfully so far.
0: Now, this targeting of, of the pipelines, uh, already the situation with uh, oil and gas uh, globally is, uh, is quite serious. We've seen gas prices uh, come up. Uh, considerably in the last year, and it, it, there's concern that there won't be uh, enough gas to heat homes in, in Europe. What 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 does this mean for the gas supply uh, in those European nations that depend on Russian oil and gas uh, going into the winter months?
1: It means nothing to the gas supply to to Europe because Russia has already stopped supplying gas uh, to Europe uh, through Nord Stream One, the old pipeline, and Nord Stream Two has not been allowed to be taken into use by the the German authorities. So these were two big chunks of uh, uh, scrap metal lying on the bottom of the Baltic Sea that uh, the Russians, uh, in all probability, now blew up. And then you ask, why did they do it? Well, one is because then they can say that it's force majeure. They can't uh, deliver gas through pipelines that uh, uh, are uh, not complete any longer. And another reason might be that they can get the insurance uh, from uh, these pipelines that are fully owned by the Russian uh, Gazprom uh, uh, company. And uh, on top of that, uh, they can scare up uh, uh, the countries around. This was just outside the territorial waters of both Sweden and Denmark. So you can say that it was not really legal. Uh, They blew up uh, Russian uh, property but uh, it looks as a war action.
0: Now, uh, uh, Canada's Defence Minister Anita Anand has said that uh, Russia's uh, occupation of these Ukrainian regions is illegal. She's called it disgusting what's going on right now with uh, this move to annex parts of Ukraine. What else can Canada do uh, as a nation uh, to show our response to what's happening? Uh, Is there more that we can do that's actually going to make a difference uh, to what's happening right now in in Russia and Ukraine? Sure.
1: Canada is already doing a lot. But there are three things more that you can do a bit more of everything that you are doing. One is more sanctions on Russia, which the US and Europe are already doing now because of this. A second thing is more financing to the budget of Ukraine. And the third thing is more weapons than Canada has already delivered to Ukraine. You can say that October is a very important month in the war because this is a good weather month when you can fight well in Ukraine and then we will get half a year of winter with cold weather, snow, terrible winds and mud and then we will probably see a stalemate in the war.
0: And if we saw that stalemate, what would that mean? Would, would there be a resurgence in the spring once the weather uh, became more um, uh, habitable or uh, not as cold? Uh, wh- what would that mean for this war? Would it just lie sort of uh, quiet for, for six months? How, 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 where does that leave us uh, in, in, this, in, this, uh, in this Ukraine-Russia war?
1: Yeah, the war would uh, hardly stop, but uh, there will probably be a lull because of a much more uh, difficult conditions. So therefore, it's vital what uh, Ukraine can manage to achieve in the war in the next month. And now Ukraine is uh, on the offensive, both in the east and in the south.
0: I'm assuming then they could spend uh, the next uh, winter months uh, rebuilding rather than being defensive uh, and, and anticipating uh, another Russia resurgence if this war was to wrap up, for lack of a way of putting it, before uh, that we- that cold weather, like you were mentioning, uh, comes in.
1: Yeah, it's quite important what is being done uh, before that. So if Ukraine can now make a big headway, as uh, it has already done in Kharkov, we can do it also further in the east and in the south. That could really put Ukraine in a much better position.
0: Andrews, thank you very much uh, for joining us today and for breaking down the, the latest of what's happening in Russia and what that means on the world stage and what Canada can continue to do.
1: Thank you very much. This is my pleasure.
0: That's Anders Aslan. He's an economist and author of Russia's crony capitalism, the path from market economy to kleptocracy. I'm Rubina Ahmed Haq, and this is On Point.